Greetings in Jesus' precious name this morning. Good to see you all here this morning. God bless you visitors for coming and joining us this morning. It's good. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Well, I've been... Richly blessed already with what has the songs we sang and thank you, Levon, for that scripture this morning too. It kind of goes along with maybe what's on my heart this morning and what the Lord has on my heart to share. I was thinking last night about uh, the account there in Isaiah. I think it's the account of where God is talking to them about fasting. And just reading this last part here of uh, what we read here in Psalms 144 is the blessing of God. And he says here, he ends up with, Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Praise God. Happy is the people, blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. So, God is good. Let's, uh, before we go into the opening here this morning, let's just uh, bow our heads for a word of prayer. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in Jesus' name. Lord, we worship you, we praise you, we thank you that you are our Father in heaven. Thank you that you are God this morning. Lord, we read yesterday morning that you're a God who cannot lie. And because of that, we have, how does it say there in Hebrews, a strong consolation. Lord, you're always the same. You never change. You're not wishy-washy like some of us are. God, you're stable. You're secure. God, and we thank you for that this morning, Lord, that you're a rock. Oh, God, I pray. Lord, just have your way here this morning. We're gathered together in Jesus' name, God. And we're looking to you for your blessing, Lord. Oh, God, happy is the people whose God is the Lord. Oh, Father, I pray that you would minister to us today here, God. We need you, Lord. We're a needy people, God. We look to you, Father, I pray. Help us all to be able to, to put off and put on. Oh God, I pray, help us to to rein our thoughts in God. Forbid that our minds would be on other things this morning. Oh God, I pray, Father, that somehow we would sense the very presence of God and that we're in the presence of God, we're in the house of God, and that we would choose to rein our thoughts in, Lord, and, and hear that still small voice, that's one of those songs that we sang this morning, God. Oh, Father, I pray, bless us this morning, Lord. We need your blessing, God. And we're looking to you and we're asking you, Father, for your grace, for your help, Lord. I pray for your help this morning, God, in light of what you've laid upon my heart, Lord. God, I pray that I could communicate your heart, your will, your uh, your uh, <clears throat> heart, Oh, God, I pray, Father, I need your help in this, Lord. I cannot do this, Father. But, God, we look to you and we ask for you just to be here 
to minister, God. Lord, you know the needs that are here, that are represented here this morning in this building, God. And we just ask, Father, that you would meet the needs of the hour, Lord. You're the great physician, God. Oh, Father, we thank you and we praise you this morning. Lord, have your way in each one of our hearts and each one of our lives, God. And do give us a sensitive heart, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, this morning, I, uh, I have uh, an opening here, I guess. And I, ha- I titled it, Living the Crucified Life. And then maybe a subtitle could be, Hearing the Heart of the Father. You might wonder how that goes together, but it does. Hopefully you understand until we're done here. Living the crucified life. Do we know what that means, living the crucified life? Not I, but Christ. Putting off the old, putting on the new. Living the crucified life and hearing the heart of the Father. I hope you're all here this morning with that heart. Wanting to hear the heart of the Father. I was blessed with those different songs that we sang this morning. I get mixed up. I was really enthused in singing and I had to kind of shut down because I was getting a, uh, getting a headache. I was, had a pretty bad headache yesterday. I guess I wasn't drinking enough of water. But anyway, so I had to slow down a little bit. <laughs> so I have enough of energy here to, to share. <clears throat> But, uh, yeah, I think it was the last song about hearing that still, small voice. We live in a world that is, we've heard this many times, I'm sure, but there's many voices that are speaking, and to be able to get away. And, you know, and I'm going to talk about uh, how Jesus got away, went into a desert place to pray. But you know, as I was thinking of that, here for us this morning, maybe sometimes, and I know in my, in my earlier Christian life, you know, it was like, that's, that's and, and I still believe we need to do that. But somehow to bring it even here this morning. We're in the presence of God. We're at, the, we're at church this morning. And to have that heart that is open to hear the heart of the Father. That can happen here this morning. We don't need to just go alone in our prayer closet. Praise God, we need that, brothers and sisters. But we can have it here this morning. Let us not waste our morning. Let us not waste our time or God's precious time. But let us open our heart to the Father, hearing the voice of the Father or hearing the heart of the Father. So let us start here with Mark chapter 1. I read this, this uh, verse here last Saturday morning at prayer meeting, and it kind of stuck with me. And uh, so this is where we're going. Mark 1, 32 to 39. <clears throat> I'm reading a little bit more than just the one verse, but <clears throat> let's read here. Mark 31, 32 to 39. And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. 
And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of divers diseases and cast out many devils. And suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next town, towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. Well, we could just park here this morning, but that's not my, that's not what I want to do. But the verse I, I'm zeroing in on in the beginning here is verse 35. In the morning rising a great while before day, he went out, departed into his solitary place, and there he prayed. Now, the reason I read uh, a couple more of these verses around this verse is just to give us a picture of what was happening, what was going on. I mean, there was, there was exciting things happening. Well, there was things happening here in verse 33 all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Things were happening. And here Jesus pulls away, gets into a solitary place, and there he prayed. Who was he praying to? To his father. He made that connection, if you will. Not that I don't believe he was connected while he was ministering. But yet in a deeper way, he pulled away from the crowd and he got alone in a solitary place. And there he prayed. And because of what we read after this. This is how I read it. That while he was there. Communing with the Father, fellowshipping with the Father. He heard his Father say, Go to the next towns and preach. Now, for us looking on, we'd say, Hey, things are happening. Why not stay around? Why not stay around? But Jesus was not here to please men. He was here to do the will of his Father. He was here to do the will of his Father. You know, sometimes maybe we read uh, things that seem a little bit, uh, I can't pull it up right now, but there's, there's another account, I think it was something with Lazarus there, where we just might shake our heads a little bit. But the reason is, Jesus was connected to his eternal father. And sometimes maybe things don't make sense in the natural, but in the spiritual they do. <clears throat> Let's go to John 16, 4 to 5, uh, John 6, 14 to 15. <clears throat> and I, uh, while we're turning there, I could have read... I don't know how many different accounts here in the Gospels 
or where we have something about Jesus praying or getting alone or getting away or uh, there's a couple of times that his disciples were with him. But it's, it's, it's scattered throughout the gospel, gospels where Jesus pulled away. So here we have another one in John 6, 14 to 15. John 6, 14 and 15. Then those men, when they had seen the miracles that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. Alone with God. We know that song. Precious song. Alone with God, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And there, I'm sure he prayed to his father, had communion, fellowship with his father. So we have these different accounts in the gospel where Jesus got away, got alone to, to commune, to fellowship. To hear the heart of his father. <clears throat> and I have a question this morning, and maybe I asked it already, but I'm just asking it here now. Why did Jesus do this? Why did Jesus, the Son of God, God incarnate, why did he have to get away and, and, and spend time alone with his father? Why did he do that for? He was the Son of God. Why did Jesus do that for? I think it's a good question to ask. I think it's a good question to ask. Why did Jesus do that for? Why do you have your devotions? Or why do you have your time that you maybe get away? Or why do you, yeah, why, why, why do we do that for? Why did Jesus do this for? I remember, and I probably said this before already, but I remember uh, working for a man up in Iowa City, and I think he was a, had been a Mennonite preacher at one point, more what I would say probably liberal Mennonite preacher. But somehow we got on the subject of Jesus, uh, and uh, <clears throat> he mentioned there that Jesus, they, somehow the, this was a debate back in, history somewhere, and Larry, you probably know this. Uh, but they came to the conclusion that Jesus was part man and, and, and or part God and part man. And so we have that aspect of Jesus, you know, where he was still, he was in a, you know, he was in a human body, human body, yes. He was still in this human body. So he faced temptations just like we face temptations. It's not that he was way up here somewhere and somehow we poor us Christians are way down here. He, he, he endured things just the way we endure things. How does it say there in Hebrews? And I said it already uh, as far as uh, yeah, facing temptations there. Why did Jesus do this for? 
Do you have any thoughts, brothers? Why did Jesus do this for? Well, let's look at the title again. Living the Crucified Life. Hearing the Heart of the Father. Does that give us any indication? Where I'm going. (laughs) Where I'm going. Why did Jesus do this for? I mean, even these two accounts that we read. You know, maybe it's hard. It's hard for me and maybe for a lot of us, all of us maybe, as far as that goes. To comprehend that Jesus, I mean, he was tempted in the wilderness. Where the enemy tempted him to bow down and worship him. And he would give him all the the whole world. Jesus was tempted. You know, we read that and we just, you know, kind of like, Jesus was tempted in that. So you read these things here. And he could have been tempted. They They were going to make him a king. And what did he do? He pulled away. He pulled away. And he went to have fellowship with his father to hear the heart of the father and I'm not sure if I can give a clear uh, answer I'll try my best why did Jesus do this for as I we can talk about this later but as I look at this thing I see one thing That Jesus, what it says there in John, he said that I always do the will of my Father. And how did he, how did that thing work out? Well, he stayed connected with his Father in a very real way. He wanted to make sure that he understood the Father's heart. Hearing the heart of the Father. He wanted to be in the center of his Father's will. And we, ha- we read that too in, uh, in one of the Gospels where, where Jesus was praying in the garden. And, and, you know, right before Gethsemane there, before he went to the cross. And, he, and he, uh, it says there that he uh, sweat drops of blood. He was in agony. Was it an easy thing for Jesus? No. But as he was there before the Father, is there not another way? Is there not another way? Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. You know, it takes time to hear. It takes time to hear. And we're looking at Jesus here this morning. And uh, I 
Jesus spent enough of time on the one place it says that he was, he was, he was there all night long. He was there all night long. <clears throat> Hearing the heart of the Father. Having that fellowship with the Father. <clears throat> well, let's go to John uh, 5. Just l- look at a couple of verses here. <clears throat> John 5, 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also does the Son likewise. Verse 30, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of my Father which has sent me. Hebrews 10. Eight and nine, we have, and when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. He came to do the will of the Father. And we have another verse here in John eight twenty nine. Eight twenty nine, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. I always do those things that please him. How was he able to do that? But by having that close connection with his father. I mean, he was he was down here on this earth. God was up in heaven, and somehow I think sometimes we disconnect. God, or Jesus was still down here and he was, how did he commune just like we do? How, do we, how did he connect with the Father? By faith, by praying and so forth, the same way. <clears throat> and these couple verses that I read, it just gives, he, he said, I do nothing of my own. I do what I see my Father do. That means that there was a close connection with the Father. <clears throat> May God help us be closer connected to the Father. May God help us. God has us here. Not that we do our own will, but that we do the will of the Father. If Jesus needed to get alone, how much more do we need it? And we've uh, we've heard this over the years. I'm, I'm sure we have. I know I have. If Jesus needed to pray, to get alone, how much more do we poor uh, human beings need it? How much more do we need it? If Jesus needed it, we need it. Oh, to have that heart that says, Lord, I want your will, not mine. Not my will, but thy will be done. To have a heart like Jesus To please the Father. Let's go to Colossians 3. My time is running out. Colossians 3. It says here, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. 
There is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. There's a lot here. And maybe I'll just, uh, the last couple here, it talks about uh, getting down very practical. It's talking about wives submitting yourselves to your husbands. Husbands loving your wives. Children obey your parents. Servants obey all things your masters. Very practical things. And we start off here with it where it says, putting off the old and putting on the new. Putting off the old man and his deeds and putting on the new. Putting on Christ. Putting on Christ. Are we living the crucified life? Are we hearing the heart of the Father? We can only do His will as we live the crucified life and as we hear the heart of the Father. I like to yet in closing go to John chapter 17. I should have probably left this for a main message, but um, what I have here in John 17, or this is the Jesus high priestly prayer. John recorded Jesus' prayer. Wouldn't you have loved to be there where Jesus was praying to hear the prayer of Jesus or hear Jesus pray to the Father. So apparently John was close enough there that he heard what Jesus was praying and and here we have it recorded this morning. And uh, I think I'm going to read this, this quickly. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in thee. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. 
And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the, Lord, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. That the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. I had listened to a message, and uh, there was an interesting point brought out about this chapter here. And the point is this, that Jesus did not pray for the world. He was praying for us. He was praying for the church. And what was he praying for? He was praying that we would be one, even as him and the Father are one. And uh, there is... Yeah. With what I started off with here and with this, this, what I just read, there is a connection, but there's, there's probably no way to, uh, to take the time to go into it all. But maybe just a couple points here. He prayed that we, the church, that we would be one, even as him and the Father are one. And I know I've asked this question already before here. Is that possible? Is that possible? I believe it is. Uh, Jesus prayed it. Jesus prayed it. That we would be one even as Him and the Father are one. But the interesting thing is, when He prayed, or when He did not pray for the world, but He prayed, if you will, for the church, He prayed for us. And it says here that... That they all, verse 21, that they all may be one as thou, Father, or to me and I need, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Brothers and sisters, the reality, the fact is, if we're not one, we're not going to win the world. We're not. We're not. And so my heart is beating very strongly this vein this morning and in the it has been in the the past probably uh years a couple years or so and i know i have made mistakes and it comes down to the title here living the crucified life 
and hearing the heart of the Father. Do we really know what it is to live the crucified life? Do I really know what it is to live the crucified life? Do I really know what it is, the way of the cross? I think there's a song, something that says, the way of the cross leads home. Is there a song like that? You see, unless we are like Paul that says, he gloried in the cross that the world might be crucified unto him and I unto the world. He gloried in the cross. Living the crucified life. And, and as we went through here about Jesus, just looking at Christ, is it right to say that he lived the crucified life? In the sense that he was always doing what his father wanted him to do. He did not come here and do his own will. And brothers and sisters, if we want to be one as Jesus and the Father are one, it's going to have to be the same way for you and I. We're going to have to know what it means to live the crucified life. And, yeah. There's another one in here. Uh, Yes, verse 24. That the world may know. Yes, it's in verse 23, sorry. I and them and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me. And when there is that oneness, that unity, Brother Radnell, you, you pray that prayer different times about us being a light set on a hill that cannot be hid. That's, that's what happens when we as God's people become one. When we as God's people become one. <clears throat> there is a light that shines forth that is not of us, but it's of Christ. It's of Christ. It's of Christ. <clears throat> We need to know, and I think I'm just going to have to close off here. Maybe sometime I can pick it up again and more expound on. Maybe I'll just leave it as a question. Do we know what it is to live? Do I know what it is to live the crucified life? Do I know what it is to live the crucified life? May God bless you.